0: Father, you are so awesome, you are so amazing, I'm thankful we get to say your name in freedom, I'm thankful that your name we are saved, I'm thankful that whenever we get to heaven, you are all we will see and we, you are all that we will say. Father, we love you and we thank you and that's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you have a Bible, please open up to Philippians 3, we're going to pick up where we left off last week. And you may have gotten a link text to your phone. And if you did, that's a way for you to follow us online through a Uversion app, it's the Bible app. If you don't bring your Bible, you can use that. And it's a way for you to take notes. You kind of get to cheat because we've written in there the end of the message and you kind of know where I'm going. And so if you've gotten that link, awesome. If you haven't, then you may not be subscribed to our 41411, which Zach mentioned in the beginning. As you're turning to Philippians 3, uh, Zach mentioned Beach Retreat, and I'm excited about that, but I really hope that you are willing to get your spot saved, because i find out tomorrow how many spots that we will be taking. I told you the goals last week. I think that's going to be really easy for us. And so if you have friends that want to go and, man, just just give a hundred bucks real quick and we'll hold your spot for you until the packets come out and then we'll go forward. And so make sure you are talking about that, saving for that and planning for that. Last week we started our series Goals Part 1 and we talked about why it's important to set personal goals. And so for those of you who take notes, I want you to write this down. Why is it important to take to set goals? It's important to set goals for these reasons. Number one, it gives clarity on your end result. Number two, I'll say that. I'll slow down so you, those that are slow can write that down. Those that have the app, it's there for you. So number one, it gives clarity on your end result. So you set goals for whatever that is. Second thing, it, it drives you forward. For me, I'm a goal-driven person. I like to hit goals when I don't get... Ho- When I don't hit goals, it seriously bothers me, like really bad, because I have a competitive issue. It keeps you laser-focused. It keeps you accountable. You set goals for something, it keeps you accountable. It helps you be the best you can be. And it helps to live your best life right now. And last week, I presented three goals for you guys And it's pretty neat that some of you have already started to do those goals. So we're giving you 365 days to do these goals. Number one, the goal for you, all of you, no matter where you are in your walk with the Lord, all of you, number one is to know Christ more. To know Christ more. Last week we ended and that was the whole thing, is that we set these goals. I wanna be a better basketball player. I wanna be better in school. I want to do this, this, all these different goals that we set, or those don't really matter until we know Christ. And so number one is knowing Christ. Number two, to invite five people to church, just five people, and that's all year long. Five people. I would invite them to Wednesday night. And then from Wednesday night, we invite them to Sunday morning. So just five people. Some of you have already done that, and it's amazing, and it's crazy. And then the last one is lead one person to Christ. Lead one person to Christ. And I promise you I'm playing along with you at home. I am doing these things. I am trying these things. Some of you have already asked me, so how are your goals going? And booyah, they're all doing pretty well. The second one is not too good right now leading someone to Christ. I tried yesterday, I talked to the Ozarka guy, Brett Highestead and I were walking out, not like on a walk together, because that's weird, but we were walking out of the church and the Ozarka guy was here delivering water and we just asked him. He's like, yeah, man, and that's so cool. That's so cool, like awesome, see you in heaven. See you there. And so I hope that these goals, that some of you are doing that, if not your first time to hear these, make these your personal goals. I want to look at Philippians 3, verse 8 first. It says this Philippians 3, verse 8 What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. This is Paul. He is saying, I have lost everything because I am willing to follow Christ. He has given up everything, everything. And he has a pretty amazing resume, which we'll talk about in a second. He has given up everything to follow Christ. For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. He says, I consider them rubbish. If you look up that word rubbish, the original meaning of that word is really gross, okay? Like trash is nice. Um, Poop is nice. That word rubbish, look it up in the Greek. But he just said poop, I know, but that's like weird. But that's, he is saying, don't just focus on that. I want you to understand what he is saying right here. He is saying, I consider everything that I've ever done, everything that I've ever accomplished, anybody that has ever seen me and thought I was really cool, I consider them absolute junk. Compared to knowing Christ. Compared to knowing Christ. Christ. Let's keep going. Let's look at verse 10. Verse 10. Paul says, I want to know Christ. Do you want that? Is that you? Do you desire that? Do you want to know Him? Because if you do, your life shows that. And so many of you, your life shows that. And it's incredible. And I'm just like, what? You're like 12. You're 16. You're 18. You so badly are showing Christ because you want to know him and you know him. And some of us, maybe our life doesn't look like that. I want to know Christ, Paul says, and the power of his resurrection. He's saying that he wants to know him so much that the power of his resurrection, meaning that was an amazing moment whenever he he died and rose again. He wants to understand that power that Christ has. Who's saying that today? Like you woke up like, I want to feel the power of the resurrection in me today. (laughs) That's baller. I mean, who says that? Paul. Paul says that. But that's how we should be thinking. That's how we should be living. And the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Verse 12. Not that I have already obtained all of this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Verse 12. Paul is saying, man, I've done a lot of stuff. Paul has been a Christian right now while writing this. He's been a Christian for 30 years. That's a pretty sick resume. Not only that, he was an apostle to all the Gentiles. Big deal. Not only that, he wrote the Bible. Hello. Like if that dude was walking around your school, like, it's a pretty big deal. It's a pretty important book. He did that. He also killed people before Christ. He he brags on that. He did all these things. His resume is so amazing. But he says right here in verse 12, not that I've already been attained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me, saying, yes, I've done a lot of stuff, but it doesn't matter. None of that matters because all I want is to know Christ. So, you know, when you feel like, man, you've really made it, Like, colleges are talking to you if you're an athlete, and you're like, I've made it. (laughs) I'm a big deal. You're really not. I mean, it's really cool. Trust me. Colleges talk to me. Okay? Okay? Like, well done, good and faithful athlete. Way to go. Okay? So when that happens, just let it happen. A lot of you, it happens, and no one really knows. I respect that. Because you're, yes, that's awesome, and you're going to honor God in that sport, hopefully in college. But that's not what you're about. You're about Christ. And how people just kind of brag on themselves. Well, man, you know, oh, man. And they, oh, you're annoying. No one really likes you. You just kind of force your way into people's lives, and they, you won't go away. Paul has an amazing resume and he doesn't write his books about himself. Everything he writes about is about Jesus. Why? Because over and over he says, I want to know him. Verse 13, brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet, check this out what he says. I don't consider myself yet to take a hold of it. He said, I don't even think, I haven't made it yet. I haven't done it, I'm not a big deal. He's a big deal, okay, he's like a real big deal. Like, he's awesome, he's Paul. But one thing I do know, one thing I do know is I'm going to forget what is behind and strain toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Verse 15. It's like we read this verse, by the way, super Christian folk. We read this and we just kind of stop right there. I press on toward the goal to win the prize. And you don't know what the heck that means. It just sounds cool. You see athletes saying, I'm going to press on. Through the storm. What? You're, you're playing football. How is that a storm? You don't know, man. I do. I was a scrub on the football team in college. I understand storm. Okay? Okay, anyways. I press on toward the goal. Verse 15. All of us. Check out what he says here. Paul, the man. Stud. All of us then who are mature. So count, he sounds kind of kind of prideful right here. Like, All of us who are mature, okay, all of us, whoever the us are, but me, all of us who are mature should take such a view of things, period. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. You would never tell somebody, hey, you need to be perfect. Why? Because I'm perfect. I'm a big deal. Straight A's. Like, I could never say that ever in my entire life. I don't even think in kindergarten I made straight A's. I always just try to survive. I'm not kidding. Like, really. 17 on my SAT. Judge me. Don't. (gasps) Yeah, it's real. Okay? Okay? Look at me now. Black shirt, on stage, drinking water, talking to kids. Booyah. 17. There's hope for all of you. Okay? I, I took it five times. 17, 19, 19, 17. Okay, see, there you go. That's the ACT, okay? Okay, then I don't wanna, SAT, bad, like 790? Yeah, that sounds good. That's real, that's real. Stop laughing, I know that laugh too. All right. (laughs) I'm just, I'm staring at the verse like, why did I just tell people that? What is, the whole world now, like, all the people watching this online, they now know I'm a moron. Hey, thanks for being here. But he sounds prideful. So, so you would never say, hey, look at me. I'm so cool. That's not what Paul is saying. What Paul is saying is, is that there are things in our life that we need to deal with. So Paul is saying when you are mature, when you are mature in Christ, you're willing to deal with sin. How do you know if you're mature in Christ? Here's how. When you get confronted on the sins that you have done, If someone comes to you, says, and confronts you on sin, what's your response? Someone says, man, I cannot believe you did that. You know better than that. What's your response? When you sin, do you blame other people? Do you blame circumstances? You're like, man, I just, you know, maybe you have a little anger issue. And you blame that anger issue on your upbringing, on, on your family. Well, man... I have anger issues because my family is angry. I have anger issues because or man, I have these issues because of this, or this or this or this or this or this. Instead of this, you want to be mature in your walk with the Lord, How about this? I have anger issues, and I, I need to work on it, and I'm trying to give it to the Lord. Or when it's funny when I go places and I see people and they avoid me. It hurts. I just want you to know. Like, I'm, like, hey! And you're like, Sup. Sometimes that happens because I don't know that person. <laughs> like, really, like, we don't know each other. But I think I know them, but they don't know me. It's so awkward when that happens. I do that all the time. Like, for real, my wife's like, They didn't know you. Like, yeah, they did. No, they really didn't. They had no idea who you were. You freaked them out. Well, I was just saying hi to them. They need Jesus. But whenever people at times, they're like, man, I don't want to go to church because someone may ask me how I'm doing. Or I don't want to go to church because they found out what I did. Or I don't want to do this because of this. Man, we just need to confront the sin and we need to deal with it straight on. How do I know that? Because for us, check this out, for us to know God, Paul tells us what we need to do. There's two, there's two different things we need to do to really truly know God. Number one is to forget what is behind He says that in verse 13, to forget what is behind. Forget what is behind. And we can take that as, oh, that's cool. So we're just going to forget the past. Nope, that's not what that means. You can't forget the past. Well, I'm just not going to deal with the past. Okay. You want to know God. You want to know him. You need to deal with your past. Forgetting the past is a huge way to grow in your walk with him. Meaning this, if you have accepted Christ into your heart and you have wronged somebody, you have talked bad about somebody, you have physically hurt somebody, emotionally crushed somebody. If you have Christ in your heart, you need to go to that person And let them know, hey, I'm sorry I did that. I cannot believe I did that. That is forgetting the past. Or possibly you've been in some situations that weren't good. Someone has physically abused you, sexually abused you, has hurt you, has crushed your soul, has messed you up. And you have Christ in your heart. If you're talking right now, I'd love it if you would stop and listen to this. if someone has done wrong to you and you have a relationship with Jesus, then you need to go to that person and say, hi, I just need to let you know something. I forgive you. And you may be thinking, there's no way I can do that ever. You don't know what they did to me. It doesn't matter what they did to you because I know what he did on the cross. And by you saying, I forgive you, Here's what that does. Even though they have hurt you, even though they have messed you up, even though all of these things, you have been forgiven for everything you have ever done in your life. And how dare you think that you are better than Christ and you can't forgive somebody else for what they did to you. And when you do that, they will feel freedom like you have never seen. And so will you. How do I know that? Because my past, I have had people do things to me that are absolutely, incredibly horrible. There is a person, I've told you the story if you've been around at all, and I was sexually abused by somebody. And it was the absolute one of the worst experiences of my life. And somebody told me if you want to walk in freedom and you want to grow in your walk with Christ, you need to go and forgive that person. And I was like, you don't know. And so I went to the jail. And I went face to face with this person, and I said, I forgive you. And this person lost it. Because of the guilt and the shame and everything that that person had felt for what he had done to me and all these other people. And I believe that moment was one of the key moments in my life, and that moment helped me to know God more. You wanna be like Christ, forgive others. You wanna know him, forgive them because that is forgetting what is behind, forgetting everything in the past. And it's not just, you know what? I was hurt, I'm gonna let it go. No, because if when I talk to somebody and they say, and I say, hey, tell me about your past. And they say, well, I don't really wanna talk about it. Here's what I think. I think, you know what? They haven't dealt with their past and they haven't given it to God, and I'm really curious how their walk with the Lord is. Deal with your past, and deal with it now. Deal with it today, because if you don't, it will come back, and it will haunt you, and it will hurt you, and you will hurt others, and it is a massive cycle. If you're like, why are you saying this? It's because I want you to know God. I want you to know him, and you need to do this right now. Today. Forgetting what is behind. Verse 13 says this, brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to taking hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, and I strain forward toward what is ahead. In verse 14, which we're gonna talk about next week, I press on toward the goal. The goal is this, the goal is not heaven. The goal is not heaven. Being a Christian, the goal is not heaven. If you're living a Christian life and you're making your goal heaven, you're actually reaching for the wrong thing. The goal is Jesus. I press on toward the goal, which is Jesus, to win the prize, which is heaven. Because when you hit the goal, normally you get a prize. But this week is about letting go of the things, forgiving people, forgiving yourself, apologizing to people, and forgetting the past. So that Christ can do so much in you. And right now is a moment where there's people in this room that you don't have Christ in your heart. You don't know him at all. And I want you to have the opportunity right now to ask Christ in your heart. Here's what that means. You're saying, man, I'm, with, I'm, I'm living my life this way. and I really don't know what's going on. I don't know what happens when I'm going to die. I don't know why I do these things. My life is out of control. Things are happening. Well, you need a Savior and you need a Father. And I want you to meet Christ tonight and have him change your life forever. And so with no one looking around.